All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Man, don't you just love the sweetness of Jesus that he, that he is, that he brings? I mean, it's, it's neat to, I mean, I don't know, you've probably been seeing, but across the, well, specifically in Asbury, it's beautiful. It's, it's amazing just to see how our God operates. I, it, it brings me to tears just thinking like, man, he loves a generation. He's not interesting that anyone should perish. But don't we serve a good God? And it's not just limited to there. Thank God we can have it right here where we're sitting. And so, and that's why it's so great that we gather. There's, I, I think that shows, approves the point of whole, all of us gathering. You, it's great. You can have a personal revival in your home. I, I get that. But when we come together with a heart that says, Jesus, we want you, there's something powerful about that. And so, again, thank you for just flowing and going with us. Uh, we don't, you know, plan out our services in such a way that it's structured where this happens and then this happens and this happens. And, oh, we better not go out because we're cutting into time. We want the Spirit of God to have access to move. So if worship goes 51 minutes, so be it. It's, it's more tiring on them than it is us. So it's more like, are you guys okay? Yeah, like, <laughs> do you want to do that all again? <laughs> but we're just so grateful just to flow. And again, there is no such thing as a handbook from heaven to say, this is how you have a slick, perfect service. It's impossible. So we are just learning to flow. We want to go with God, and I hope you know that's our heart, is just to flow with Him, give Him the access. And so thank you for being patient with us, because we're, we're learning how this goes. Just like you're learning, we're learning it just as much as well. So thank you for all those that are patient. And we all said, hey, man, all right, let the, or let the wild hogs eat or that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, if you got your Bibles with you, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited about a few things that have been stirring in my heart. And uh, I think at some point, my wife would like to come and share a few things, not today, but maybe another time. <laughs> She's, uh, but just talking a little bit about all the things that have been discussed or talked about, even as a church family. Uh, men, we were spoken to last night and encouraged, or last night, last week, and it was powerful. And I'm, I'm excited to see what God's doing with that. And I want to just put pieces together as to what God is doing as a church family. It's beautiful. And I think, you know, Jamie's been, you know, has some things stirring in her heart. So we'll wait. We'll wait for you on that next week. So I'm putting the spiritual pressure on you, girl. You better. Okay. So uh, again, I want to just bring a few things to us this morning. Uh, going into this year, again, the Lord has led us to deepen our roots. Uh, that's been the focus. That's been the purpose of what our gatherings have really been. And really to align ourselves with him and become aggressive in our dependency upon him. And so how do we as a church, how do we become aggressive in our dependency upon him? And it was just really the simple word, continue. Say with me, continue. I think it's crucial. I don't want to just take that word for granted. I don't want you just to kind of hear that and go, yeah, I've heard that lots before. There is so much power in you and I continue, continue to show up, continuing to be there, continuing to worship, continuing to get into the word. There's nothing more powerful than you and I. Consistency really is the key. And we just continue doing that. Like the word tells us over and over to continue in the mandate of preaching the gospel. Continue in the command to gather. Continue to go after the gifts of the Spirit. To continue in the commandment of Jesus to love one another. That's, that's just what we do, and that's what makes life sweet, is simply by continuing. Then there's some specifics that we see in the Word, this word continue. And I want you to see this in Mark chapter 3, 13 through 15. But Jesus, again, he's calling, uh, afterwards Jesus went up on a mountainside, and he called to himself the men that he wanted to be close companions so they went up to the mountainside to join him. He appointed the 12 whom he named apostles, and he wanted them to continually 
to be continually at his side as his friends. This is what we do. We continue to be with him. Then we talked a little bit before that this word continue in the truth that we have received. What happens as the world gets darker and darker? Well, this is what we do. Uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, he says it like this. You must continue to advance in strength with the truth wrapped around your heart. So what is the answer to a dark world? What does the church do? Do we try to fight that? No. You advance. How? In strength. How? With truth wrapped around your heart. So what is our focus? To go after all the nasty stuff that's going on there? No. Our job is to keep putting truth wrapped around my heart so I can continue to advance. Speak the plan of God. Speak the will of God into circumstances. That's how we combat what evil does, is we continue. Say with me, continue. Simple. Next. We also said continue to follow him. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. And it says this. Um, Just as you have trusted Christ to save you, trust him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with him. Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. See that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth that you were taught. Let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all that he has done. And the last one we saw is John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. But to continue in the word of God. Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. So what is the result of continuing in the word? Freedom. We all want freedom, and that's not talking about freedom, you know, just in spiritual things. This is also freedom in your soul, freedom in your body. This is what he's saying. So if you continue, when you continue in the Word of God, freedom is just a result of that. So it's not like you're trying to squeeze out freedom or working hard to get a better thinking and better mind. He's saying when you continue to embrace the truth or the reality, freedom is the result. So it's not a freedom issue, it's a continuing in the word issue that we're going after. Now, this word right here, uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I want to continue in the word until it has its home on the inside of me. And I want you to see this, Colossians 3.16. The Apostle Paul, he says, let the spoken word of Christ have its home within you. Now notice, he kind of furthers, elaborates it a little bit. Dwelling in your heart... And in your mind, permeating every aspect of your being as you teach spiritual things. So he's saying, let the word of Christ have its home on the inside of you. The message Bible says it like this. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. (laughs) Let's say with me, have the run of the house. That's what we're interested in. And he says, give it plenty of room. Make, give it room in your life. Can you see this? He is giving us such clear direction. The message, it has to have the run of the house. Meaning, whatever the word says is what's going to happen in me. It's what's going to happen in my home. But I'm going to let it completely dominate everything in me. If the word says it, even if I don't understand it, even if it doesn't make sense, I am saying yes to it because I want it to have plenty of room. Now, there is a, I want you to see it in the mirror 
Bible as well in the paraphrase because I like the way that some of it pulls it out, some of these Greek and Aramaic words. I, I, I like finding word studies. And the way that the Mirror Bible says Colossians 3.16, something sparked in me as I was reading it, and I want to go into this this morning with you. Uh, verse 16 again, it says, Give the clarity of God's conversation in Christ permanent residence in you. Allow its magnificence to permeate your entire being. Now, as I was reading it, uh, the Lord kind of just sparked a few words in me, and I'll get to that in a sec. But basically, what conversation is going on on the inside of you? Because we see right here, let the clarity of God's conversation in Christ permanent residence in you. Give it that place. There is a conversation that heaven has started. There's a conversation that heaven has initiated. And he wants that conversation to be the dominant focus, the dominant mindset that you and I live by. So the question is, what conversation are you and I living from or are we living in day to day? What are you actively engaged in in the conversation? What's going on in that realm? Because the word again, as I said, Jesus came to start a conversation with you and I. Heaven, for lack of another word, heaven has a tone. There's a tone. Ah, not talking that high pitch, I'm not going. But there's a sound that heaven speaks from. And a lot of times, sadly, churches, Christians, we're just ignorant of it. We have no idea. But heaven came, and he came with a new sound. And we're going to talk about this today, because heaven came to release a tone into you and my life. And I want you to see this in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 23. Listen carefully, he says, my dear child, to everything I teach you. Right here is the invitation to another tone. You know, I guess, sadly, what are the other tones that we can live by? You can live by what the news says. You can live by what politicians say. You can move by all of these different outlets and sources that are out there. You know, because the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14 that every word, there is a purpose for every word going forth. Every voice has a reason and a purpose behind it. So what conversation are you allowing in? What conversation are you joining in to be part of? I don't know about you, but I want to be part of heaven's tone. Heaven sounds different. It talks different. So our job as heaven citizens is to pick up what he's throwing down so I can function in this earth properly. Okay. So the conversation, he going like this, listen carefully. Why? Because it's a different tone. My dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Verse 21, he goes on, fill your thoughts with my words. This sounds like Colossians 3, 16. Until what? They penetrate deep into your spirit. Why? Because we've got to get a new tone. Now notice what his words do. Then as you unwrap my words, they will, his word, the heaven's tone will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. What's heaven's tone do? It gives true life. And it gives radiant health to the very core of your being. Then he goes on in verse 23, and then he gives this caution. He says, above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, because that's where actually the conversation's beginning. Doesn't matter if whatever source you're watching out out there, every voice, every word is looking for a place to land. And it's not just to go in one ear and out the other. It's looking to get access to the innermost being, your heart. Why? Because out of it flows the wellsprings of life. 
Everything. The tone that I'm partaking of, the tone that I'm engaging with is how I'm going to be responding in this natural world. My love for Jesus is actually begins on the inside. So if I'm finding I'm having a little bit of a struggle, you know, this is, seems like a long time we're singing and worshiping. I would check what conversation's going on the inside. What tone is dominating? And it's not like we're just going for length and long time. That's not the heart of it either. It's, can I freely worship Jesus? And all of a sudden I lose track of the time. I want to protect that. I want to guard that. That's only for me to guard and protect. Now, he says, my beliefs or the decisions that I make all come from this place. So the warning is, yeah, and here's the conversation that heaven wants to bring. Now guard the tone. Guard that conversation. Don't let any other outside voice come in and poison that conversation you've been having with heaven. He says, I want it to be with you and me. I want it to be pure. I want my word to have full access into your life. I want my conversation to be the dominant force in your and my life. So the question we're asking is, what is God's tone? What is the tone? Now we're going to start kind of an overarching perspective, and over time we'll get deeper into this. But Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, I want us to look at this. Throughout our history, God has spoken... What is that? Tone. Conversation. God has spoken to our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. And we went over this in detail before, but there has been seven dispensation. We're in the eighth one right now, or so the eighth one's coming. But the, we are in the seventh dispensation called the dispensation of grace. But in every dispensation, God has used many different forms and ways of communicating with his people. The tone has constantly changed over the years. In many different ways, the revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time, building one truth upon another. But to us living in these last days, God now speaks to us openly in the language of a son. We speak English. God speaks son. This is his tone. His tone is Jesus. The appointed heir of everything. For through Jesus, God created the panorama of all things and all time. Verse 3. The Son, this Jesus, is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact expression of God's true nature, his mirror image. He, Jesus, holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. God's tone is Jesus. Now, we have to pick up his tone in order for us to have a proper relationship with him. I don't know, sometimes I've gone around and you can hear the way some people talk and you go, something is just not quite right. I'm talking maybe a conversation you have with another believer or something, and you go, what is it? There seems to be the tone is a bit off. What is it? It could be some religious guy just got a real, there's a harshness to him. There's a bit of a harsh edge to him. There's a bit of a self-righteous, why do I prayed this long and then God did this? There's a bit of a self-righteous talk with it and we go, ah, something just didn't click. Anybody have conversations like that before? And you go, man, I love you, but there's something that's a bit off. What is that? They haven't properly tuned in or dialed into the tone that heaven's proclaiming and talking about. Heaven talks Jesus that's the voice. So every time we see Jesus move, every time we see him operate, we see it's a complete, perfect illustration, perfect mirror of what heaven sounds like. So church, it's crucial that we get the tone right. 
Because when the tone is right, we're hearing properly, we're able to now ambassad properly <laughs> on this earth. Now, a performance-based mindset cannot access God's tone or His grace. It would be as impossible as trying to get airborne with a car. It's impossible. Now, the grace of God is God's tone towards me, but I'd also say it's God's tone towards this earth, towards humanity. When Jesus came, what did the angels proclaim? Goodwill and peace toward men. That means at one time, there was not goodwill, and there was not peace between heaven and earth. There was friction. There was a battle that was going on. But when Jesus came, heaven's tone changed. No longer was it this, if you do, you are going to get a major whooping. It's that tone has shifted. The father now could change his tone that he always wanted to bring and establish with humanity. And what's his tone? Goodwill. Peace to you. And not just the Christian church. He's talking to the world. Wow. That's something. So we have to get the tone right. Because if we sound like an Old Testament church or have that tone, and we try to bring that into the New Testament, we aren't going to be winning the lost. They're going to be running away by the thousands. <laughs> Why? Because the tone's off. Heaven can't back an old tone. Now, as we said, the grace of God is God's tone towards me. But now for you and I, faith or our dependency upon God is the tone that I speak back to him. Grace is God's grip on me. Faith or my dependency upon God is my grip on God. It's this beautiful conversation that we have, and these two tones work hand in hand beautifully. Grace always provides. Faith always receives and thanks. I want to show us an example here in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, you know this to be a... Um, the Apostle Paul talking about the thorn in his flesh. But I want you to see just the conversation that took place there. Verse 7, it says, The extraordinary level of the revelations I've received is no reason for anyone to exalt me. And if you actually read back a couple of verses, uh, the Apostle Paul is sharing, explaining, I know a man, in, whether he was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. He had this out-of-body potentially experience that he heard such things that he said, the, the human words can't even comprehend the amazing things that I've heard when I was up in the third heaven. Talk about where God resides. And these, these words were amazing to me. So he says, now this, the extraordinary level of the revelations that I've received is no reason for anyone to exalt me. And I right there, I love that heart. That's what it's about. You may have received revelation from God, and hey, we've all received revelation from God, but that's ought to go, look what I got. It's by his grace that you could even hear that. Yes. <laughs> look how many revelations I got. Yeah, and guess what? That's where they're going to stop too. <laughs> no more coming your way when you're acting like that. So he says, for this is why a thorn in my flesh was given to me, not from God, the adversary's messenger sent to harass me, keeping me from becoming arrogant. <laughs> okay. Three times I pleaded with the Lord, relieve me of this. Lord, relieve me. Get me out. Help me, help me, help me. He's crying this out. And I want you to see, he answered me. My grace. Say with me, my grace 
One more time. My grace. Why grace? It's the tone of heaven. It's how he's operating. My grace is always enough. Now this grace, there's more to it than just the saving grace that you and I have experienced when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. There is saving grace. There is in this what we see here. This is a, 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 um, a restoring grace, a strengthening grace on the inside. God's grace takes over every area that you and I ever operate in this life. He takes care of. There's financial grace, there's healing grace, there's a sound mind grace, there's grace, there's grace, there's grace. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. You can never find that something where the grace of God doesn't cover it. That's why Jesus' coming is a huge deal to us. That's why heaven, his tone completely changed. Heaven's not mad at you. Heaven's not ready to come and whoop you. Heaven's here to help you. That's the whole tone because of one man, this Jesus coming, heaven's tone went from, hey, this, these are the law. I, I, I don't like to do this, but this is the law to now I can love you without restraint and you don't have to do anything for it. Man, church, we got to get his tone. What would happen if the city of Ridger tuned in and could tone in and hear the conversation that heaven and earth, that he's allowed heaven and earth to come into? Man, it would change the way we would think. It would change the way we would do church. It would change the way you would do life. It would change the way you would do anything in life because I'm tuning in and I'm hearing the tone of heaven where it's grace, grace, grace. He says, my grace is always more than enough for you. And then my power finds its full expression through your weakness. Now, look at Paul's response. So I will celebrate... My weakness. How many of us can say that we've done that? We get embarrassed by our weaknesses. We get frustrated by our weaknesses. We get down on ourselves because we got weaknesses. Listen, we all human, we all have weaknesses. Did you know that this isn't a perfect church? There's a few too many amens on that going. A few, I say, well, no, come on. We know that. Guess what? There's, there's weaknesses. Why? Because we are all human. <laughs> but we have a perfect God. And he says, I will celebrate in my weaknesses for when I'm weak, notice I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. What, what's happening here? There's a tone shift that took place when Jesus answered him. Could you, I mean, I don't know how the apostle Paul, I mean, I look at him, he's a hero. He's a, he's a strong guy. I mean, anybody that can get beat up, almost like your eyes falling out of your sockets, and all of a sudden people think you're dead, you get back up and run to the very people that try to kill you, and you start preaching the gospel again to them? You the man. Sometimes we just kind of go, they didn't say hi to me, so I'm never going back. Well, maybe when your eyes are coming out of your socket, we'll talk then. But for this, this is the standard. So if nobody says hi to me when I come in, I'm okay. If my eyes start falling out, that's a little bit of a different story that I'm going to have to get the grace of God to help me in. <laughs> Just so y'all know what my standard of, if I go into a building, this is what I'm looking for. I'm, okay. I will celebrate my weaknesses. Can you say that? I will celebrate my weaknesses. Why? Because when I am weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. Verse 10, so I'm not defeated by my weaknesses, I'm delighted. <laughs> For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, 
when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love, my love for Christ, I am made stronger yet. For my weakness becomes a portal for God's power. Now, I want you to catch this tone. Listen, this, this tone, you can't just study long enough to catch this tone. This is called the spirit of faith. This is called just, this is how heaven operates. There is a great faith, sorry, a faith grace exchange that you and I have been graced to be a part of. I don't have this on the screen, but 2 Corinthians 4.13 talks about we having the same spirit of faith. What is the spirit of faith or what is the spirit of those who completely depend on God? It's those that I've, I've heard the word, I believed, therefore I speak. That's the tone. The tone is heaven has provided, grace has provided. Now my job is to hear the word, make a decision to believe that, and now speak what grace has already provided. That's the tone that you and I get to be a part of. So when God says, all your needs will be um, fulfilled by, my, by, my, by my, uh, my God who supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory, you have a choice to go, hmm. I don't really know. Or I go, yeah, I believe that. So I go, I hear that word. Lord, I'm asking you to show me, reveal that to me in a deeper way. But I'm choosing to believe that before I feel anything, before I see anything. And what you start doing is you start declaring that when a bill comes your way, my God supplies all my needs. He is my source. He takes care of me. And what you just engaged in, whether you realize it or not, you just engaged in heaven's tone. That's how it operates. The spirit of fear is the exact same way. And it's easier because we are living amongst the spirit of fear. You can see it everywhere you go. Fear for this, fear of loss of this, fear of no food over here and fear of shortages over there. Fear of, you know, hot air balloons blowing up in the sky. Fear this, fear that. There's fear constantly talking, but it operates the same way. I can go, I, if I believe that, I'm going to start speaking it and reap the results of what fear came to do. But the sound or the tone of heaven goes, I believe what God says. I believe what the grace of God has done. Therefore, I speak what grace has done. And you've just entered, entered a beautiful tone relationship with our Father. Now, in closing, i got to finish this up here. Every time I go, Lord, help me to, how do I do this? Uh, but you and I, we have been placed and equipped to hear this tone. Say with me, I have been placed... I have been graced to hear this tone. Now, you see again in the book of Revelation, you find Jesus talking to the seven churches. And over and over, Jesus says the same thing to every single church. Anyone with ears to hear, hear. So in these last days, what is crucial from what I see when I read the book of Revelation? A hearing church. Because hearing now is the first place so that I can do. So a lot of our times more before you do anything, before you just jump off into something, Lord, I'm called, I am placed to hear this tone. I want you to see this in Mark chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Now you may be tone deaf musically, but you are not tone deaf spiritually. There's no such thing as spiritually deaf children of God. You don't need to get, you know, your ears prayed for, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, they opened up. You can hear from him now. 
and that's atoned. So what it may be is an adjustment leaving the old world system, leaving how I've operated, leaving how the, the natural world is being done to tune in with heaven. And how do I tune in? You go back to Proverbs chapter 4. My son, pay attention to what I say. Let my words permeate every fiber of your being. Let it get on the inside of you. Why? So that you start talking my language. You start talking my tone. <laughs> like anybody even have kids like your young age is coming up right now. My son who's turning three next month is coming to a place where I can finally start to understand what he's saying. Like even though, so I mean, I'll drop him off with my mama or something like that. And he'll be asking a few different things. And, I don't snack. and it's like, say what now? I need a snack. And it's just like, cool. I, let's, let's go play downstairs. No. And he gets frustrated because the tone is off and he thinks it's me. It's you. And Sally, a lot of times in the church, we kind of do the same thing. I need a snack. And God goes, come on, come on now. And we're caught up in this whining, in this frustration, in this anger and going, God, 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 God. And goes, Hi, love you. That's not what I'm asking for. That's not what I'm saying. And you're just, we have to change the tone. God is not the problem. He never is the problem, never will be the problem. So what is it? I have to learn to change the tone. So as we see, my youngest son, Brooks, is coming into an age where his tone is starting to sound more and more English. Because he'll walk, I'm his nag. And so my mom will go, what, what, is, what is he asking for? I snack. Oh, okay. And he give him a snack and everything's all great and dandy. Well, for you and I, again, we are learning to tune in or dial in to how heaven talks, to how he communicates as we move forward. Now look at this in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 2. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, by our dependency upon him, we have, say with me, I have peace with God. This is heaven's tone. Yeah, but I don't feel it. It has nothing to do with your feelings. Heaven's tone doesn't go by feelings. Heaven's tone goes by truth and what God says. So if God says tomorrow the sun is going to wake up in the west, guess what we do? We look west. There it is. That's how committed you and I are to what he says. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Now look at this, verse 2. Because of our dependency upon God, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So church... The Ecclesia, children of God, where do you stand? In this place of undeserved privilege. Well, I don't feel real privileged. Your tone is off. My life just sucks. Your tone is off. Everything life just sucks. I suck. My mom sucks. My dad sucks. My kids suck. Sucks, suck. Everything just blows. Your tone is completely off. So what do I need to do? Get into the tone changer and allow it to go and go, hey, mom, I'm thankful for you. Dad, I'm thankful for children. Man, I really, I'm liking my children. 
what's happening? The tone is starting to shift. And when your tone starts shifting, your eyes start to shift. And we'll get to that some other time. But at first, it begins on the inside. Before God can change anything in your life, he's got to change the tone coming out of your mouth. As long as my tone stays the same, nothing changes. But as soon as my tone lines up with his word, I can speak to that mountain, that problem, that issue, and go, hey, you are not allowed to be in my body. You are not allowed to be around in my family. Go. Why? Because God's word says, and you speak that word, it has to move. Why? Because spiritual tone recognizes spiritual tone. The devil knows that you have a tone and your voice is your address in the spirit. And when you start sounding just like him and start quoting this word just like him, he knows he cannot stay. So what's the problem? We don't line up. Our tone is a bit off and we start sound like the world or we sound like a bunch of religion and it doesn't work. And we go, why God? Because it doesn't sound like me. So, and here's the thing. You have been placed, you have been equipped to hear the sound. The tone belongs to you. Jesus paid a tremendous price for you to be stuck in life. But what he wants to do is change your tone. Anybody ever say that to their kids before? Don't you talk with that tone to me, boy. I'll whoop you. Anybody ever say, anybody ever got said that? God said that to you? Yeah, there's a few hands that, a few sad hands that have gone up. Yeah, okay. Why? Because that's not the way you talk to your mama. That's my wife you're talking about. You watch that tone with me, boy. Anyways. Childhood memories just flashed me in before my eyes. Okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm really kidding. She didn't hear me. Okay. But we stand in this place of undeserved privilege where I now stand. So that's something I've been saying. You know, other translations I believe say too that in this privileged spot, this is my place. This is what I occupy. So I've been placed here. Undeserved privilege. And guess what I get to hear? All the privileges that heaven has to offer. And then John chapter 10, I'm going to close with this. Verses 1 through 6. Jesus is talking and he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and the robber. Now that speaks on so many terms, but we'll save that for another time. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep, what do they do? They recognize. Listen, Jesus is using a natural illustration to show a spiritual truth here. Natural sheep know the voice of their shepherd. That's just what they know. Now, the shepherd of your soul, Jesus Christ himself, you know his voice. And the sheep recognize his voice. And what do they do? We come to him. <laughs> He calls his own sheep by name. And notice what he does. He leads them out. So notice the order. He brings you in to lead you out. Verse 4. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Aren't you thankful for the voice? Listen, the voice. There's this voice on the inside of you. You know him. It sounds familiar because it brings peace. It brings, not necessarily like I don't know, I know how to do it perfectly on the outside, but there's this peace with it. There's this, this seems like a right thing to do. 
Did you know a lot of your New Testament was written by people who said it was, it seemed good for us to do? We're waiting for this, God said do. And all God has said, it, it seems good, go ahead and do it. All you're looking for is checking how the seamer is on the inside. We're going to get into this as we continue on. But those who heard Jesus, used, uh, they didn't understand what he meant. Did I have that verse 6? Okay. But go back to verse 5 for a moment. They won't follow the stranger because they run from him because they don't know his voice. Anything that's contrary to what this piece is, we don't pay any attention to it. Why? Because it's not him. That's why, again, you have Jesus even said to test the spirits when they come. Because not everyone who says, you know, I am a prophet or I am of God or I'm doing this, is a one who's sent from Jesus. So what do you do? You test the spirits. <laughs> and how do you do that? Well, First John chapter 3, First John chapter 4, we'll figure that out for yourself. But for you and I, for time's sake, I want to finish off with this, but you and I are placed and equipped to hear the tone of heaven. I think there's nothing more beautiful than that. So when I say, Lord, I can't hear your voice, I want to encourage you, stop and go, hold on a sec. That's not the tone that you like to operate in. What does it say? Go back to verse 4, guys. What does the word say? They follow him because I know his voice. So if I want to walk into this tone-perfect relationship with God, I have to start saying, I know his voice. I know his voice. Can you say that? I know his voice. I've been placed in this place called undeserved privilege. And this place of undeserved privilege, guess what? I know his voice. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we come to you. Lord, we just receive that word. We receive what you've done through Jesus on the cross. Lord, we just love you. Thank you. You know, everyone, just say this after me. Today, I have been placed. I have been given equipment to hear and know and flow in this tone of heaven. I know his voice the voice of a stranger, I will not follow. So Lord, I receive your grace. I receive it by faith. And I just boldly declare that I am righteous. My mind is sound. My body is whole. My peace, my peace is with me everywhere I go. My family is blessed. My finances are blessed. My home is blessed. My church is blessed. My friends are blessed. I choose to dial in with heaven's tone. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Ah, Jesus came so that we may have and enjoy this life. So what am I doing? I'm just lining up, tuning in to what heaven's got to say. So can we just, a little more time, let's just lift our hands to him. And Father, we just love you. We love you. Come on, let's just talk heaven's language for a moment. What is that? It's praise. It's worship. It's adoration to you, King Jesus. You are the one our hearts long for. You are the one we desire. 
Jesus, you've called us to be ambassadors in this day and in this age to represent your kingdom, to build your church in these days. So, Father, we are supernaturally equipped for the job. Lord, we thank you for all the natural equipment that we need. We receive that as well. We take everything we need to fulfill the assignments on us as a congregation, on us as a family, on us as individuals. We receive that all because, Jesus, you who began a good work in us, you are in us completing it until the day of your appearing. We give you the glory for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.